Hey everyone, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am so excited that you have joined me for another episode of the podcast. Before I go to introduce my friend who I am speaking with today, I want to draw your attention to the music that you are hearing in the background. Our theme music for season three is by my good friend, Lily Gray. This is her song, Lifted, and you can find more of her amazing music on Spotify, Apple Music, or by visiting her website, lilygaray.com. You all know my deep appreciation for my friends who create music, so I am so thankful for her sharing her work with us. Today on the show, I'm honored to share with you a conversation that I had with a very close friend of mine. His name is Christian Marvin, and he is 20 years old. He is often labeled as the life of the party wherever he goes. He brings the hype, he brings the energy, he plays music way too loud, and we love him for it. But even beyond this, he has a heart for Jesus. He lives boldly for Christ. And this joy that he carries with him was born out of the deepest pain. Revelations 12, 11 speaks about how there is power paired with the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. And one of my favorite people, Pastor Mark Batterson writes in his book, Draw the Circle, that when we listen to a testimony, we borrow faith from others. In this candid conversation with Christian, he is beyond generous in sharing his faith. From near death to living a bold life for Christ, his testimony is one that we need to hear over and over again. And it all points to Jesus. This episode does contain a few adult conversation topics that might be sensitive to young listeners, or if you yourself have experienced severe depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or actions. I hope this does not discourage you from listening, but I do want to be fair in sharing this with you. Christian is a close and dear friend to my husband, Chris, and I. We believe in all that he is committed to, and I cannot wait for you all to listen to this episode. It has easily become one of my favorites because not only do we talk about his life, but we also talk about battle rapping, his epic sneaker game, and his heart for the local church. I mean, obviously, it's FPC. Get strapped in and welcome to the show, my incredible friend, Christian Marvin. Hydration is important. You gotta stay hydrated. You you were right on the dot. Oh my goodness. I mean, I have my life water with me. Uh, speaking life. You asked me about the outsiders. The problem with it was I was forced to read it in high school. So I feel like if I had read it on my own, I would have loved that book. That book probably would have been one of my favorites as a kid. But because I was forced to read it, I was super abrasive towards it. That's like with normal things, though. Can we be real? If I'm being told like I have to do something. Then it's not really, it's more just like, I don't have to do nothing. You feel me? I don't know how to put that. So the perfect example, I'll be on my way to go like clean something in my house. And then my parents would, uh, they'd be like, you better get that done. And then I'm like, man, I don't even want to clean it no more. I was trying to be nice and get it done, but now you just ruined it for me. I feel like that's like a normal emotion for a lot of youngsters. You should I'm, share your age. Uh, I'm 20. I'm at two zero. How do you feel about being 20? It's the most awkward year of my life. You know, my birthday's June 2nd. I'm a 99 baby. I barely, That's crazy. barely made the 90 mark. You feel me? This year has been weird. More to say, it's not been bad. It's just that a lot of things are going on in my life in general that it's tough because I'm still like youthful and I still got all that youthful energy and I'll keep that. 
But at the same time, I'm there's like bills to be paid. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I still have to think about what I'm doing in my future. 20's been a good year for that. This is my first time living with intentionality, chasing after God's plan for me, not my own. So like 20 years old is marked like a good time in my life. Like 19 was the end of addiction and 20 was the beginning of intentionality. I really I mean it's a turn of a decade in your e- life. Exactly. So when I think about it is when I'm like I'm 20 years old, you know, that's cuz great, you're young, whatever. It was very important for me, beginning of me being 20, you know, the, like you said, the turn of a new decade, I had all my friends with me. We all ate, had pizza together. Everyone was there. You know what I mean? And so it was important to go into the new year with people to hold me accountable. And so this year has been an accountability, a challenge. It's been all sorts of things. Overall, it's been blessed as well as it's been challenging. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? I just spilled water all over my jacket. <laughs> God bless it. I mean, that's your favorite jacket, too. Mm. You should share about your hoodies. There's a thing we do. You know about this. Yeah. I had to explain we this to you. We break down the outfit. We break down the outfit. I love clothes and fashion and all that stuff. I think it's super neat. I think it's cool to express yourself in that way. So right now, I'm wearing like a top three jacket slash hoodie for me. So Primitive is a skateboarding company, right? And they have these collabs with these different anime. You know what anime is. Chris always I know what anime is. I'm not a big fan. You're not a fan. But I know it. Exactly. Especially Dragon Ball, you're not a big fan. Because you say it's a little ridiculous. It's just dramatic. Like, it's very diva-ish. I like it, though. That's why I kind of like it. Because it's so ridiculous and over the top. I mean, the micro-expressions on their face and the, like, when they sweat, they sweat like these, like pellets of white across their skin that's awesome (laughs) side combo i never think about how when people watch anime and stuff like for the first time how they view it because i grew up watching it like it was just another cartoon for me but like people who are like adults who watch it they're like i don't get it but then i gotta remember like not everyone grew up with it not everyone is used to that yeah to the weird expressions they make on their face or whatnot Going back, so Primitive has a cross with Dragon Ball collection. They just finished it. They had three drops. And this right here is from the second drop. It's a Broly hoodie, my favorite villain in Dragon Ball besides Frieza or Cell, honestly. Anyone who knows about it will know what I'm talking about. But this is from the original Broly movies. And it's special to me because as a kid, when we, when I lived in uh, Chicago, my mom and lived with, you know, we were in a poor situation, low income. But I had a few VHS tapes, and that's all I would watch all the time, all right? I Love Lucy. We had, like, the first two, Wait, three I seasons. I didn't know this. That's why my car's name is Lucille. Stop. Yeah, I no, no lie. I Love Lucy was, like, what I would watch as a kid. The original Spider-Man, like, the 1960s show. Yeah, uh-huh. The Transformers. And then I had the Broly, and it was the only DVD we owned, and I played it on my PlayStation, too. Because it was a gift from my dad that I before I met my dad. Both the Transformers, the Spider-Man, and the PlayStation were all gifts. One of my cousins, really into Dragon Ball. Crazy. Like, he was super into it. And he gave the Broly, like, the original Broly movie on DVD. And so, also, to go with that, Devin, who's also been on the show. Yeah, if yeah. you haven't If you haven't listened to that episode, y'all, you need to listen to that episode. It is fire. Mm-hmm. Stupid fire. He and I, we were at his brother's uh, basketball practice. I was going to teach his brother some stuff because I really like basketball. And then we were sitting there talking about the Broly movie that came out recently. The new, like, they relaunched it. That was the one you watched with Chris. And uh, we were like, dude, we need to go see that on opening day. We were like, yeah, man. So we're like, when does that start? And Devin looked it up and said, oh, tonight at midnight. (laughs) It was totally out of the blue. I'm like, and I happened to be wearing my Broly hoodie. So we went and saw that Dragon Ball movie. 
It was amazing, and I lost my wallet. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we had a great time. Did you ever find it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> never found it. I, I went back to the um, movie theater like three times that week, and they never found it. So I just got all new cards and everything your evening with Devin on how you're describing how you found out a movie was playing at midnight you're like oh let's just go do it that seems to be a consistent pattern that I see Mm -hmm. with you like in our friendship like when someone has an idea you're like well why not like why can't we do it right now like where does that come from when someone else gets excited about something I get excited because that means they're feeling a joy or like a happiness and I just don't want that to die out. I don't want it to be a missed opportunity. Like if I have the time of day to make it happen, I want to make it happen type deal. Especially when it's like a close friend like Devin or like with you or with Chris or whoever. Like if it's a really close friend and they bring up an idea, I'm down because that's just how I do. I ride for my people. Maybe part of it at first was fear of missing out. Now it's, it's still fear of missing out, but not on an opportunity, not, not on a event but on an opportunity to go deeper with that person yeah honestly it's one of those things where it's like the opportunity is there i'm seizing it i'm not going to just stand aside and let everyone else have this experience because now look what the story turned into that's something that i love sharing with people when they bring up dragon ball is i get to talk about we saw the new broly movie and how it connects to my childhood and i might not even be thinking about that at the time yeah you know what i mean like at the time i was not thinking about oh i used to watch the broly movie all the time like yeah, that's why I bought the hoodie, and that's great, you know. So blah, when blah, 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 you know what I mean? And then we talk about... <laughs> it's, no, it's not blah, 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 or chit-chat, it's blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. It's I don't so know where good. I got that from. I got it probably from, like, there's a rap... Oh, I'm trying to think who it was. I think it was Pusha T, and I know he's not a Christian rapper, I'm sorry. Why are you, you know, apologizing for that? People get really up in arms when they talk about secular music. That's a whole nother... Pusha T... Probably says it a lot. And I used to watch a lot of his interviews because I also watched the Joe Budden podcast. Yeah. And I love listening to just hip hop culture and all that from a standpoint of like someone who's been a part of it and now is on the media side of it too. You know, Joe Budden, underrated artist, underrated personality. Hope he finds Jesus one day. Like yeah. pretty much. Dude. I just think being your friend though, like there's many times where you carry the attitude of like, this is our one chance and anyone else would just think, oh, we have time for that. You're on another level with that. And it's something that I genuinely admire. Well, that's super kind to you for real. I just think a lot of it is that, you know, I spent a lot of my life and I, a lot of my life, I'm 20 years old. You feel me? Like a lot of my life could literally mean like three years, but, yeah, but I feel like still to me, a lot it's of very, life yeah, for that, a 20 year old, yeah. it is. I spent a big portion of my years wasting time. Can you share about like the change that remember you I, talked about how you change everything changed when you turned 20, yeah. but do you want to go there? Like would you feel comfortable? I'll go there. I'm totally cool with that. I'll say this. I wasted so much time in my life doing things that were not worth it, that did not do anything to help anybody. They were destructive. That now when I see an opportunity to do something that's going to make a memory, I'm not skipping out on that. I've lost too many people in my life. I have had too many people who I wish I had done more with and hung out with. And we had this conversation, you know, this past Wednesday about people in my life in high school who I was leading that I didn't lead properly. Hmm. And so now it's being intentional, being that I'm going to get this done. Like they are going to see who I am now. You know what I mean? And so that kind of opportunity there is something that I feel is so important. Like when someone mentions like, let's go bowling at midnight right now. I'm the first one to be like, let's 
freaking go. Which has happened. Which has happened twice. <laughs> it's happened twice in our group. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, it's just, there's no point in wasting time. We don't have a lot of time left. Granted, this world is going to end. Jesus is coming back. If I have an opportunity to grow deeper with a friend of mine or someone I don't barely know to build a relationship with someone that may need that relationship, I'm not going to waste my time and stand aside and let it be something I regret. Like, obviously, being intentional, though, also means that when it's a moment I can't do it, I have to just let it go. Mm -hmm. There is a balance. That's crazy because we literally just read about that right before this. When it comes to stuff like that, I'm just like... I want every opportunity to not be missed. I want to dot my I's, cross my T's. I want to make sure that every single time I get a chance to meet with someone and speak into their life and they can speak into me, I want it to be met. If it can't be, then it just wasn't meant to be. And I'm not going to complain about that. But if I have a moment, like like we said, you know, going to that movie at the time was just like a silly, oh, it's whatever. Then when Devin and I look back, we're like, yo, I'm so glad we did that because we, that was like another step in our friendship. We're already brothers at that point, like close. That was like pushing it again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like it's an opportunity to grow and build and to build that relationship, that discipleship with each other and that fellowship with each other. Every moment is important because God has gifted it to us. Come on. And I feel like if we sit aside and just say that, oh, like if... We woke up this morning. Hello. That's another opportunity to spread the gospel and to spread the love of Jesus, right? Yeah. We should take that seriously. Like, I feel like we people don't take it serious enough. They're just like, oh, I woke up. Uh, I have to deal with this again. I have to deal with that again. Life hurts. You know what I mean? Life sucks. But that's because Jesus warned us about that. Yeah. We have opportunities to make the most of it. And so when I st- if I were to stand aside and just let it go by me, you know how upset I'll be? I'll go up to the gates and yes, I'll be in heaven. I'll be saved. That's awesome. Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you're like, saying. There's there's things that need I mean, to be done like here. I mean, it's like running the race. Like you're talking yes. about running that race and being a strong runner. And, and I'm not going to like exactly. It's like if you're in a team race, yeah. you know, I'm going to run as fast as I can for the team because yeah, maybe, you know, Jon Snow back there. Jon Snow. I meant to say Joe Schmo, but Jon <laughs> Snow from the Game of Thrones, right? Maybe he gets stabbed in the back, spoiler alert, and oh! he falls He falls down, right? I'm going to pick him back up. If I see, or I'll use a way different example because this is even better. Say Devin and I are going through a tough time together, right? If he stumbles and I just run right past him, what kind of friend am I? You feel me? Yeah. When I have an opportunity to lift him up and lift his arms up in prayer saying, we're going to make it through this. I'm not going to skip out on that. I just think that it's too way too important. This life is way like, yes, we are just a breath. We are a moment within a moment, a fraction of a moment in God's existence. But he has given us all a specific purpose. And if we're not living for that, what are we living for? We're not living for God. We're living like I you. Oh, you see me get worked <laughs> up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's just so important to me. Jeez Louise. Oh, hold on now. Yeah. Oh man, let me get water. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fired up because like that is so important to me. So let me go back to what you said earlier. Well, what I want to say is that what people will hear and what I know is that what you just said there feels like such a juxtaposition mm-hmm. to like the life you once lived before. Right. Where you just use the word life so many times. 
to Dang. your past life before Christ. I mean, can't we say it almost Here's would be like, yeah, like the adjective would be like the opposite of life. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree. I just and think, I mean that in the most loving, kind well, of way course. because that's a victory to be on this side. One hundred percent, right? Yeah. Um, I gotta go rewind, so I'm gonna take it from the top. Are you really okay sharing? this? I'm super cool with this. I love it. Starting from the top, my mom and dad are both Marines, right? They're both stationed in Okinawa, Japan. My mom's from Chicago. My dad's from Canada slash Florida. Weird base housing in Florida. Lived in Canada when is I don't know that full story. I know that's my dad, but I just don't know yet. We're still learning to build a relationship with each other. They're both from wildly different places, right? Yeah. My, my mom's from Chicago, private Sunday school type deal. Like her mom's a pastor. Her uncle is a pastor at a church up there. Grew up there, right? My dad's from Southern Florida. Uh, I think it's Cocoa Beach, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere like down there. So he's from down there. He's in a really poor neighborhood. And then when he lived in Canada, he was getting picked on by the local Canadian students all the time. But the important part is they're meeting in Okinawa. My mom, but she went clubbing a lot with her friends. My dad was came from a really rough part of the neighborhood. Uh, my dad was Catholic. And so at this point in his life, he had already gone through not a marriage, but he had a kid with two different women. All right? So he had a kid with my older half-sister and my older half-brother. So at this point, he's just trying to get as many jobs to pay child support. So he's a Marine at Okinawa, Japan, and a bouncer at a club in Okinawa, Japan, over like on base. And so my mom used to club frequently. At least that's how the story was told to me. This is only from one person's perspective. I'm not going to rat out who it is in case they're like, you told the story wrong. (laughs) So they met somehow. Because he was a, a bouncer at a club and she was a frequent goer, they developed a relationship. Not one based on Christian values, I would assume, because it quickly became a, oops, hey, um, just to let you know, I'm pregnant. And then my dad proposed to my mom. My mom was very, like, her own. And she's like, I'm, this is my only kid. I can provide for him. Like, I don't need a man. They were dating. They just weren't married. They don't end up getting married, but I'm still born. They keep in touch over the years. I'm jumping ahead. Two years later... My mom meets a guy, we're going to call him, we're going to call him Jon Snow, okay? So she meets Jon Snow, they develop a relationship really quickly, they secretly get married, Um, they didn't tell their parents or anything, and then she's pregnant with my little sister, we're going to say Catherine, okay? So Catherine's only two years younger than me. Then they have another kid two years later after Catherine, named... Um, Elizabeth. So Catherine and Elizabeth are my two little sisters, right? I'm growing up thinking that Jon Snow is my dad the whole time. Like until I was eight years old, I think I, that's who I thought was my dad. Then that something's going on between my mom and Jon Snow and they divorce. Um, and how old are you then? I think I'm around eight, if I remember correctly. Then shortly after she introduces me to my dad. Uh, and says, hey, you know, I don't remember how the exact conversation goes. How I would imagine is because I'm eight years old, she has to be careful. I'm thinking my last name is Snow the whole time, when really it's Marvin, right? Marvin's my actual last name. I meet my dad, and I have to tell him, like, hey, I know that you're my dad. Like, I, I found out. Soon after, on August 8th, 2008, my mom and my dad get married, like, officially married. I'm at the wedding. I don't have pictures on hand with me right now but there's pictures of me that exist at that wedding with my older half sister my older half brother and then my two little sisters and at this time we're living in north carolina 
You know, I grew up with just my mom because Jon Snow was off in employment. He was also in the Marine Corps. And so I grew up with my mom and she was no longer a Marine. It was rough. We were not super well off. It was pretty rough. There's lots of memories from there that, you know, I'm not going to put her business out, but she was going through a tough time. I didn't feel it was rough for me. I felt like I had like a normal childhood. But in retrospect, I think about things I went through when I was younger in Chicago and North Carolina and then Florida. And I always think I had like the normal childhood that everyone else had until I start thinking back at like certain aspects of it. And I'm like, wow, there was some tough stuff there. Finally, my parents get married, right? It starts getting to be kind of awkward because I'm now living with a man that I know is my dad, my blood dad. I'm now like eight or nine years old. And I'm still getting used to the fact that my dad is my dad and it's not Jon Snow. I'm dealing with questions of, you know, what's going on? Why is it so soon after Jon Snow and my mom divorce? Like within a year, my mom and dad marry. I have a lot of questions. I didn't really know how to say it at the time. I didn't know how to formulate it. So I it kind of just let it go. My dad's still in the Marine Corps at the time. He's uh, going the warrant officer route in the Marine Corps. You're a military family, so I'm sure you yeah. understand how that goes, officers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so what he ends up doing is we get stationed down here in Pensacola. Um, this is around, I want to say, 2011, 2010. It's the summer before my first year of middle school. We moved to Pensacola. Middle school was... Not the hardest time of my life, but it was a setup for a lot of the issues I deal with now as an adult. So I would get picked on a lot at school. I was bullied, you know, I mean, just calling it what it was. I was picked on. A lot of it honestly was unwarranted. A lot of it was kind of warranted. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was not the best kid to talk to, I guess. And a lot of that is just because I was so awkward and I was dealing with things that I normally wouldn't deal with. It ended up to, you know, I had a lot of trust issues with friends. I didn't really have a lot of friends. Then seventh grade comes, right? It's like middle of seventh grade. I, it's on Valentine's Day. I go to my first, what we call crossover event. So right now we both go to Liberty downtown. Yeah. Well, I used to go to Blue Angel and there was things for the, the youth group is called crossover. It's still called crossover, but at the time it was every Tuesday night, it would be a crossover event. But this time, it happened to be on Valentine's Day. So it was the one love event. I went just out of the blue. I think I went because we heard about it. I had been to church on a Sunday. But I went there one week. was all alone. I showed up. Why not? Um, I remember my pastor, Todd. uh, He was a youth pastor there at the time. He was just one of the few people who actually stepped out. And he was the youth pastor. But a lot of the youth leaders just weren't stepping out at the time to talk to this random kid who was just kind of weird and awkward looking, right? Well, Todd didn't care. I don't know what Todd saw. Honestly, I'm just thankful he stepped out. Because he said something, and I later saw that he was speaking, that made me interested to go again. So the next Tuesday, I showed up. And then the next Tuesday. And then I made a friend in middle school with somebody who I'm close with still. Her name, we're going to call her, um, man, what do I call her? Uh, We'll call her Patricia. Patricia and I are super close. You know, we're just friends, though. Like, that's my sister. So we're going together, and then we just go every Tuesday, right? Church made sense. God made sense. Jesus made sense. Did I fully invest and believe in it? No. Did I feel Jesus and the Spirit working in my life? I feel that Jesus was starting early, kind of hinting at what would come. 
And then I end up, just because it's something to do where not a lot of kids pick on me at, I just start going to church on Sundays too. And I've developed a friendship with the leadership group there. Then middle school is over. I end up going to high school, a magnet school, basically what it is. So if you have high enough grades in middle school, you can apply to be at this school. I barely made the grades. My dad's in the military, so there's an extra pool. They just, you know, numbers, how it goes, different demographics and all that. They have to have a set number of this, this. The summer before freshman year of high school, I go to Motion Conference. This is Motion, I want to say 2013, because I graduated 2017. This is my first time. Like, Devin and I knew each other. But we weren't friends yet. And so I go to Motion, and I'm with the friend group that he's part of, that we're all part of. The first night, Judah Smith spoke about it, and he talked about a man at the side of the pool. You know that story? The the man at the side of the pool. how he he wanted healing. Exactly. That was a touching moment, but it didn't do it for me. It interested me for the rest of the weekend, but it didn't do it for me. What do you mean, do it for me? I wasn't invested. Like, I I wasn't sold on Jesus yet. You know what I mean? Like, it was interesting, and it was cool. The next day, John Gray goes to speak, and again, it's just a fun thing. Like I now, if I listen to John Gray, I'm getting hyped up, I'm pumped. So now, you know, John Gray gets me, you know, in the mood. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like this thing could be fun. We do our community groups. It's cool, whatever. I think it's when Rich Wilkerson Jr. goes up. He went up and he talked about about rejection. It's funny that the issues I'm fighting against now were deep seated issues from then. He talked about rejection, and I remember. It like hit me. I see all my other friends raising their hands to be saved. And I am feeling the emotions and I'm like the spirit is moving in me. I was like, this is definitely real, but I wasn't sold on like, doesn't matter. I raised my hand to be saved. At the time, I think I fully believed in it. After motion, high school starts and I start strong and then I just kind of forget about it. I just kind of doubt myself. I'm like, eh, it probably wasn't even real. This time, I'm friends with three people. I'm friends with more people, but from our church, from Liberty Blue Angel, that group, uh, it was Devin, our friend Alex, and our friend Blake. Those are all three real names. So throughout high school, I'm dealing with a lot. I'm dealing with the, the struggle of learning to be hygienic, for one. I'm dealing with bad hygiene issues. Two, I'm dealing with a, my dad who it's just weird because we don't know how the other one, like I didn't grow up with him. I was eight, nine years old when he finally like was in my life yeah. every consistently. So and that's a time where you need yeah. a man in your life. Well, and it took all of middle school to finally get it. You yeah. know what I mean? And even then we didn't get it. Like only very recently within the past two years have we understood where the other's coming from, which is different to say when I'm the kid and he's my dad. All throughout high school, I'm back and forth in the church life. As teenagers do, the hormones go crazy and people change. Some people stayed in my life. Some people didn't. I was going through a lot of pain. I was going through a lot of rejection in high school, still getting picked on. But at this point, I'm willing to fight people, (laughs) which is not okay But at that time, it was like if someone were to come up to me and talk nasty to me, I'm swinging. Maybe not at school, but as soon as I catch them outside of school, it's a fight, right? Dealing with family at home who it was hard for... Ooh, did you just hear that? Yeah. I thought I broke my finger for a gosh darn second. (laughs) Hold up. That was crazy. Not on my podcast. I have a weird thing. I don't like hearing knuckles cracked. It drives me crazy. Oh, you're going to do it. I love Ah! that. I love that song. No, don't do it. No, don't do your neck. It's the best. I won't even pop my own knuckles. It just, really? It just, it feels like I'm going to hurt them. <laughs> You're going to hurt your own? <laughs> That's crazy. I was just dealing with a lot, man. And 
on one hand, I could be like, oh, a lot of people go through that. On the other hand, I remember how deeply sad I was and everything I was going through and the rejection. And at this point, like I'm not dating properly. Any girl I did date properly cheated on me. And so I'm still dealing with like a lot of stuff like bitterness and hurt. But this was the years where I was finally like getting serious about God and, you know, the whole thing with church and doing that. And so I'm in the leadership program at Blue Angel at the time. And I'm back and forth like like it would be a few months. I'm all in taking it super seriously. Another few months I'm doing my own thing. Like I feel that nobody cares type deal. And at this time, this is when thoughts of suicide are coming into play. They came into play in middle school, but I never did it. I always knew Tuesday was coming around the corner. Well, then we stopped doing Tuesday nights, and it was for the better. It helped grow personal relationships. Maybe not numbers, but personal growth was like exponentially blew up. Uh, I really felt that people would not miss me, which is a total lie, but... You know how the enemy attacks you when you're young and all that, you know? In high school, I start putting those thoughts into action and the attempts don't work. So come sophomore year, I start to do lacrosse. We do the inaugural scene of lacrosse. I had been smoking weed at the time and that was like the start of drinking and substance. Basically, it was only during the summer. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as school started back up, I was like, I'm not doing it. Because it always seemed that right when school started back up, I was always like back into like I wanted to have more of what God was giving me. Right. But I was torn because on one hand, it made me feel good to do these other things. The other hand, God sustains and he supplies, right? Yeah. So it was hard for a young person who's already in his own head a lot. Sophomore year comes around, lacrosse comes, I stop doing all that stuff. I'm going to play lacrosse, do orchestra, that's it. And there's not much I can remember in high school that was really like life-changing. Just the actual things going on in my brain. Dealing with that deep sadness. I've talked to you about this. I don't like to call it depression or anxiety because I've never been diagnosed. So I feel like people will actually go through it. That could be an insult to them in case it wasn't. But when I look at my tendencies and the habits I was doing and everything going on, it shows signs of it. I just think I was in a dark place. The enemy had a hold of my life and was shrouding me in darkness. And every now and then the sun would shine through and I would chase after it and then it'd be gone. Then comes Motion 2015. I went to Motion again, but this time as like a student leader, it was very strange. And when I look back, I think about what I was doing while in church leadership and I was in, I'm was i embarrassed by it. I also think about how young I was and I still am. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. was not that long ago. I went there and I forgot who talked on it, but like somebody just talked about being serious, like representing seriously, not just letting it happen. That was the moment where I really was like, you know what? Like, this Jesus thing is the way. I finally had a realization. I'm like, this is definitely what I need to be doing. I wish that was the last time I would say that. It was the moment that changed everything. But that's not how the story goes. But from that point on, in high school, I'm feeling conviction on anything. We had a conversation earlier about seasons. Every summer, something comes up. And it's like, wow, I need to deal with this issue. The summer before my senior year, I have a friend. His name is Martin. Martin, that's his real name. Yeah, Yeah, his real name. (laughs) Real name. I had a moment studying for my ACT. I was up in Indiana where Jon Snow lives because my sisters, that's their dad is Jon Snow. So technically they're, what I say, Catherine. Catherine and Elizabeth. Catherine and Elizabeth Snow. I go up there to visit because I'm just, I'm trying to be protective of Catherine and Elizabeth, right? I'll call her Lizzie. Yeah. Catherine and Lizzie, I'm trying to be protective of them. 
because Jon Snow and I are, are in rough waters because having different parents is a rough thing for my sisters. So I went up there to support them. But that was such a hard summer because I was all alone. I didn't make any friends up there. All I did all day was sit, was sleep in, stay up late, play a video game, but then not even play a video game, just sit there in sadness and just listen to music. I studied for the ACT up there. I plan to take it up there in the local high school there because you're allowed to do that. The night before my ACT, and it's like 2 a.m. when the ACT starts at 6 a.m. So I'm like, I'm just going to stay up. Not smart, but I did it. For some reason, I felt this overwhelming presence of the Lord take a hold of me and tell like it almost felt like he was telling me like get it together it really felt like a what are you doing like come on like it's game time you're missing something this is childish and this is immature but i was being on social media i put everywhere i'm like hey these things i've been talking about total lies xyz lie xyz lie i was just admitting like i was being open like with everyone confessing? to everyone like i'm sending messages to friends telling them like hey a lot of these things i've said are not true like i i said it to be more accepted which is crazy because after that happened people accepted like senior year of high school people accepted who i was way more than what i said before yeah but the issue was with martin my closest friend at the time he felt cheated. Like, oh, so all these things you told me are lies. I don't even know you. I can't be friends with someone I don't know. Did I hurt? Yes. Do I think he was wrong to react like that? Part of me says no. Part of me says it was harsh, but still, it happened. That summer gets even worse because after I do this thing where I'm like, I'm committing to Jesus, this time it comes with the pain of losing a friend. But I realized that that was going to happen. And I prepared myself for it and said, you know what, Jesus, I'm still going for your way. I wish that was the ending of the story, but it's not. It's not how the story goes. Senior year comes around. I do swim team because my swim coach, well, the lacrosse coach is also the same as the swim coach. I'll just, Coach Luciano said, do you want to be captain of the lacrosse team? And they go, yeah, of course. He goes, well, then you need to join swim team this year. Otherwise, I can't put you as captain. So I joined swim team. One of the most fun sports I've ever done. Swimming? Yes. It was so terribly difficult, but... When I tell you, I was like super invigorated and happy all the time. And even like before Martin and I made up as friends, like because of swimming and seeing each other all the time at swim, we ended up being friends again because we were like, dude, we do orchestra together. We do swimming together. We do lacrosse together. And we live five minutes away from each other. Yeah. There's no like replacing the friendship we had. And so we had a talk. I made a promise to be totally honest with him. And I've held that promise to this day. What was the promise? Can you share? Just to be as open with what I'm going through as possible. And if I haven't been, he's always good about calling me out and then just being forgiving. So senior year goes pretty well. I'm still dealing with struggles. And now I'm scared about where am I going to go next? Mobile. Am I going to go to Birmingham? Am I going? Where am I going next? Am I even going to college? Am I going to go straight to the workforce? Am I joining military? I'm just dealing with a lot of thoughts in my brain. Again, suicidal thoughts lead to suicidal actions sometimes. It continues and continues and continues. I reach a point. It was midway through the school year. This is around when Todd is being is talking about they're going to launch downtown campus, which is where we go now. And I felt like I was running out of time because I felt that I was wasting a lot of time. Like we talked about earlier. It was January-ish. I meet a girl. I'm not close with anymore, but I meet a girl and you know who it is. Like, I'm not going to say even a fake name. I meet a girl and we end up 
Yeah. I take her to downtown. I develop a relationship with her. Next thing you know, the relationship falls apart. I'm going to downtown consistently on my own, but I start sitting alone. I never developed a relationship, like a friendship over at downtown other than with Todd and Devin. All I would do is I would purposely show up late so I could sneak into the top balcony. The balcony. I would sit at the very right in the middle of the balcony. So that way, if I ended up having like a panic attack of sort, if I felt like I was going to cry, nobody could ask me a question because nobody else is sitting up there except for maybe one or two people. And they're not saying anything because they're probably doing the same exact thing I was. Towards the end of me being in Pensacola, I was I ended up going to USA with Martin. We we're going to be roommates. We're both in engineering majors at the time. Like It's basically the perfect best friend USA story. USA is for our... People uh, outside of the area. Uh, University of South Alabama, uh, over in Mobile, Alabama. I left there having like this big like who last hurrah with like Todd and some other leaders in my life. And then I disappeared. On one hand, I'm super extroverted now. And I was then too. I loved when people talked to me. But because I was hurt so much and because I allowed myself to feel that hurt so much, I didn't want anyone asking questions. Yeah. So I disappeared. The only people who knew what was going on in my life was Martin, uh, the girl that... I talked about, I mean, really no one else. Mobile happens. I'm living there. And honestly, the school year's going good. I'm in SGA at the time. It's called First Year Council. Um, I'm in that and I'm having fun. Like I'm enjoying doing it. And I'm doing good for my first semester. Like I'm, I'm even checking out churches and stuff. I just disappeared, basically. I was like, this is my new life here. I was partying. And what ended up happening was after that girl I talked about and I... We broke up and then I started dating in Mobile. And there was one girl who, after we broke up, I remember her vividly saying that people only talk to me because they feel bad for me, because they pity me. Mm. And said all these words of death over me. Yeah. That hurt. That breaks a my lot. heart just hearing that. What really made it hurt was at the time I totally agreed. Yeah. And that's where the pain came from. I started doubting myself a lot and I missed a step talking about high school. After I took that one girl's relationship super seriously, but I was still going through problems, we break up and I say, you know what? Every time I've had a serious relationship, it's either I've been cheated on or it just doesn't work out and it ends horribly. So I said, forget a real relationship. I'm just going to sleep with whoever I want. I read something stupid that said that if you had sex before a sport event or whatever, you would perform better. That, that was an excuse I gave myself. I was a quote-unquote popular guy. You know, you, you get what I mean, mm-hmm. right? So that carried over to this instant. As soon as a girl does that to me, I get really sad. And so I just sleep with whoever. Like, whatever party, whenever I go downtown, whatever. I was empty. The only thing keeping me afloat was I was still going to church. And Martin was still the consistent friend that was always there. So comes final time, first semester. And this always hurts to talk about, but I'm going to say it because I, I really do think it's important. End of semester, my parents, I come to visit before finals week. How I remember it was I was eating breakfast the day before I'm about to leave for finals to go back to Mobile, right? And my parents sit us down at the breakfast table. And they, like this whole weekend, it looked like they were a great couple or whatever. And my parents say they were separating, having a divorce. And my sisters just say, oh, that's okay. Like, we understand. I had the exact opposite reaction. I was a crying mess. My life shattered. Like, the only consistency I had was gone. Being angry with my family, I straight up didn't go to any of my finals. The whole week, I stayed in my bed except to go grab food. 
And Martin, he finally was the one who like took me to go do something other than lay around and eat or sleep. I started doing a lot of pills. I started drinking a lot of lean because that was what was popular amongst me and my friends. But the other issue is, is I go for winter housing because I don't want to be home because it doesn't feel like home. Yeah, you're my... still staying on campus. So I stay on campus over the winter, except for the 24th, the 25th, and 26th of December. Nothing but pills every day, eating ramen noodle bowls. It took Martin doing a surprise visit. I admitted to him what was going on. He had to sit me down and, and explain, like, dude, if I had come here and seen you dead on the floor, how do you think I would have reacted? And he straight up called it as it was. He said, that's selfish. For you to be doing that, that's selfish. That might come off as harsh, but that's exactly what I needed to hear at that time. I go into the next semester, I'm like, I'm totally going to do it. Totally going to get it. Then the thoughts of doubt, self-harm, I'm not good enough, everything that's been spoken over me starts echoing. So I fail completely my first year of college. They're asking me what's going on in my life, and I finally just, we have an agreement. I said, honestly, y'all need to just kick me out. Everyone who was in FYC that first year, I love them to death. I wish I kept closer with them now, but at that time, I had to go up in front of everyone and tell them that I failed them. I had to leave. A girl named Ganada Patel, she's awesome, and that she ended up being the FYCer of the year. Like, Ganada... What does FYC stand for? First Year Council. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, I said that. Just all this stuff happens. I'm trying to join fraternities. I can't afford, but I'm doing it to party on a regular basis and blah, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. It was just after finals the second time. I failed all of them, but I actually tried this time. But I failed all of them, which even hurt more because I tried and still failed. I'm at a party-ish place at someone's apartment and I'm, I'm having like a panic attack pretty much. So I run outside onto the balcony. It's like the fourth story balcony. This is hard to talk about. If I go home, I'm a failure to my family. If I stay here, I'm a failure to my friends. If I go anywhere, I'm a failure to myself. Why am I still here? At this point, I had already tried to commit suicide multiple times, 15 times. I was drunk. I was off of something. I don't remember, but I knew I was not in my right brain. I went to jump over the balcony and it would have been like guaranteed that I was going head first. And I felt something shove me back. Like I was over the railing, almost over. And I felt something shove me back. And I sat there and finally had the moment where I was like, God's not going to let me do this. I had a moment where it was like, God's not even going to allow it to happen. Yeah. So why bother? Thank you, Jesus. Praise right? the Lord. Yeah. At the time... Oh my effing goodness, why are you making me go through this? You're torturing me type deal. So that whole summer, I'm not homeless because I could have gone home and just admitted where I was wrong, but I had a job over there. Can we just like pause on that moment? I mean, I know that story, but even just hearing you say it again, like there's so much. That's all glory to God. And the reason I knew it was God was that's so statistically improbable to survive 17 different attempts. You know what I'm saying? And afterwards, and I hate drunk driving. You can ask anybody at all. I hate drunk driving. But because of where I was at, I was like, well, maybe this time it'll work. And I drove over to an apartment. I had a friend group. We called it the trap because we'd always go to the same person's apartment, called it the trap. None of them did drugs or anything. That was the joke. I go over there to an apartment complex. They're all in the hot tub hanging out. I show up and it's like 2 a.m., but they're still awake talking. I sit there for like an hour 
in my thoughts, drunk, off of something. They finally are like, Christian, what's going on with you, dude? And I told them everything, not jokingly, but they said it like super nonchalant. I was like, well, you must be pretty important then, huh? And I, I hated hearing that. But dude, like, thank God. Wait, for did you tell like them? That you tried to hurt yourself? Yeah. No, I told them the whole thing. And that's thing. what they said is like, yeah. you must be pretty important. They said, important you must be pretty important. And I hated hearing that at the time. I still don't love hearing that now. So I just, that whole summer, I have this self-seeking journey. You know, I'm still, at this point, I'm still doing all this stuff like drugs and drinking. But I have a question to be answered now. So I finally moved back home to Pensacola. I start going to PSC. Literally a year and three days after I had left downtown, I go back to downtown. And as I'm walking up the steps, I get a text from Todd. Three days. <laughs> yeah, a year and three days. I get a text from Todd. As I'm walking up the steps, you know the steps outside of our church. Yeah. He's texting me like, hey, are you coming to downtown today? Over the steps. And I see him look up from his phone from texting me. Just like that. I started joining a small group. I started doing Freedom Group, and next thing I know, October 14th comes around yeah. that year. The the day before, I don't know how many cc's of lean or whatever. I don't remember exactly, but I was drinking a lot that night, and I was drinking a lot of lean and doing pills. And that following day, I'll never forget this. And shout out to Kevin Kennelly. If you're <laughs> listening to this, bro, freaking shout out to you, because he didn't know how deep it was to me. I had my jewel, my vape, whatever it was, my vape. And I was so used to this group of friends that I thought they were my normal group of friends. So I vaped in front of my church crowd. And Kevin goes, dude, what you doing? I'm like, I'm vaping. And I go, and I suddenly I realized, he goes, dude, you don't need that. You know that, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. Just, I like it. He goes, but you don't need it. And like, and I don't know why exactly that just like took it as a challenge. And you can ask uh, Mackenzie at our church about this. Took the jewel, we put it on the train tracks near uh, Waterboys. I left it there. <laughs> I left it there. After the train tracks, a week later, another jewel popped up in my car, like someone else's jewel from uh-huh. Immobile. It was a, like an opportunity to pick it up again, and Devin was with me, so I threw it out the window. Oh, that must have been the one I heard. Right. About. Yeah. And so it was just that moment on. I told myself, I'm not doing any drug. I'm not going to do any of this. The only thing I continued doing was weed. Because it was calming my nerves. Not an excuse, but I was smoking a lot of weed because it was calming my nerves. Finally, Freedom Conference comes. There's so much we talk about. And out the gate, God took something that was worrying me the whole day and was like, we're going to get that out of the way so you can get this healing. I was super invested. I started doing kids church at the time. And Freedom Conference, I get baptized at the end. Ever since then, it's been a 100% go. Like I'm a hundred percent invested. My life, this is for Jesus, right? Yeah. A hundred percent sober and clean, like everything. I'm a year sober besides weed, but then soon it'll be a year sober, period. Pretty much like the goodness of God all throughout my life. Like the same person who 17 times, but that's the grace of God. I've been through challenges this past year, but it's also been the best year of my life. Like, it's the first year where I fully was like, dude, I'm for Jesus. Jesus is the one. Like, no turning back. There was no, yeah. It was like that moment of this is my full repentance. Like, yeah, I might stumble, but I'm staying here. And freedom took it even a step further. And now... I'll never forget that moment. You're the last one to get baptized. And uh, like... Because I was so anxious. They were like, are you in line? I'm like, no, you go ahead. Totally lying. 
And I was like, no, you go ahead. Like, you look like you're about to be baptized. I'm like, ah, just go ahead. I'm thinking about it. And uh, Devin had to convince me finally, like, just do it, dude. I was the last one to get baptized. We'll have to post scared. the video in the show notes because it's just so good. Like, you just look like it's just like a victory, which I know that you've been saying that like over yeah. and over this year is like from elevation you took what the enemy made for evil. And turned and it for good. Yeah. And like, I'm going to see a victory. And like, that moment just screams it just, victory. And shout out to Nick Howard. He came up to me, and he was one of the main reasons freedom went so well, because on the topic that was hitting me hard, he was the one who was praying with me about it, and he and I are close. Walked me through, he's like, what is your reasoning for getting baptized right now? I had been baptized before, but it was just for because friends were doing it. And he goes, what's your reasoning? And I'm, like he coached me through, he's like, dude, I'm proud of you. Todd baptized me, Devin was on the other side. Like I look at now, and look at the struggles I was going through like throughout my childhood, mm-hmm. and then up until like two years ago and just God's been good, dude. God has been so, so good. Like he has not faltered at all. He has never faltered. He will never falter. Like, and you can see why I get so passionate when I'm talking about missed opportunities to speaking to people. The last thing I want is for someone's story like mine to end in the moment what came, like it followed through. Like that yeah. person didn't get yeah. to see Jesus. Can you read your verse? That you felt like was for you this year? Yeah, through Access, our uh, young adult small group, the beginning of my you know, like walk back, there's a friend of ours, Ryan, and I was talking with Ryan and a bunch of other guys in Access about how I was scared of what my future is because I was telling them, like, I've been through next steps, I'm serving, I'm doing all that. What do I do next? Like, I'm tired of having the guess. Seeking wise counsel. Yeah, and so Ryan spoke this and told me about this. And he only mentioned one verse, but I, I highlighted this whole nun right here. So this is Psalms 119, 105 through 112. And I'm doing the New, Li- New Living Translation, gang, gang. You oh, know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. New NLT Living. all the way. I NLT. only read NLT. Shout well, out to the New King James as well. I, I want to start mm-hmm. reading from that too. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again as you promised. That's so good. I know. Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your instructions. Holy cow. (laughs) The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. The start of 2019 was to be bold. Walking alongside you in 2020, like... I feel like you've done such a good job of being obedient to the word the Lord gave you. Like you've made some very brave decisions being a leader in the local church and like making personal decisions of, I will never forget you saying like, I'm going to go to the Lord about being healed from some childhood wounds. And Mm -hmm. that was such a brave moment because that's not easy. Especially in front of people who are your mentors and close friends. Like we did that in our leadership meeting. I just realized that there's a lot of my potential that's being capped off by that. Like I'm I'm holding back a lot of what I who I am because of that. Why do you the, love the local church? I love having people especially in this city. I think a lot of people are super infatuated with the Michael Todds, the Stephen Furtick's, the Craig Rochelle's, you know, like we love those speakers who reach so many people and obviously yes. But I think where true growth happens healing with friends yeah like with people that you trust people that you're building a relationship with that's where true healing happens 
And I think the local church is so important. As popular as Stephen Furtick is as a speaker, he's not going to be able to reach everybody. There's going to be people who he can't reach because they don't reflect the same way. The local church gives an opportunity, like especially our church we go to now, gives an opportunity for believers of all types, of different denominational beliefs, of different theological systems. We can come together and just praise Jesus despite what our own personal interpretation of the word. Oh, we're like a mixed salad. Exactly. And I love that. The local church, I feel like, gives an opportunity for that. It also gives an opportunity for people who want to be surrounded by believers who have the same systematic theological beliefs to fellowship together. And that's a special thing of its own too. That's also where growth can happen and they can become stronger. And I believe the local church has way more power. Ants. I'm going to say it like this. And this oh, is, yes. Remember when you got so fascinated about the ants at our the bonfire? Exactly. I didn't realize how ants were like super smart and like how on the same page they were. As the local church, we're all part of the same body of Christ. The big C church, Jesus. What's so great is that there's going to be people that are reached by certain other people. There's going to be people that are reached by certain messages and certain ways of doing things, certain environments. We all have an opportunity to fellowship to those people. People might say that Hillsong Church is the only church they'll ever consider going to. Praise the Lord, they're going to a church. Yeah. They might think Elevation Church is total wishwashy, whatever. I don't I'm not giving an actual example, just saying, thank God Elevation, there's a church there. To me, the size doesn't matter. It's what's the growth? It's carried over and like local church is so important because you're building a community with common ground and they have the pulse on what's happening in that area local missions is so important understated so important especially in pensacola man wow there's things that need to be fixed but there's so much going on there's such life to this city like this city is long overdue for a huge growth spurt in my opinion so I think there's power. And I think serving in the local church has power. That was one of the main things that led me to stick with it. I really genuinely believe that growth happens in your community groups that you have, your small groups, community groups, whatever you want to call it, your yeah. growth in your local area. Because then what happens is not just meeting up for group, meeting up for those random occasions of let's all go bowling. Why not? You know <laughs> what I mean? Hey, let's all just hang out and have a bonfire at the house. Like, it's all about doing life together. And you can't do life if you don't have a local community, right? Yeah. I mean, you could. Is it going to be as fulfilling? No. I think God wants us to have those local people in our lives, to have physical contact with them, physical presence. Yeah. Like, I don't think this interview would be the same if I wasn't right now at your house. If this was over Zen or whatever, like over a video call or a voice call, this would not go the same because I feel like there's more power when believers come together in person and are in prayer. It's just important that we treat every ministry like souls are at stake. Like this is not small change to me. That's what I want to do for people. I want people to get fired up because Jesus is worth getting hype about. Like he's so worth it. Like, like we can't do anything to fully explain or fully fathom how good he is and how faithful he is. God was so gracious to us that he gave us the ability to minister to people and to talk to people and to love on people and to speak into their lives. I could talk for days about this. 
So this is going to become a regular thing where I am going to read a review that someone so generously gave the show. What you all don't know is that every time someone rates the show or even better, leaves a review, it actually creates more traffic. It's something with the algorithm of Apple Podcasts, which is kind of fun, honestly. But every time someone leaves a review, it actually creates more exposure for people to be able to listen. And you all know my heart. This show is not about me. It is the amazing guests who carry all the wisdom, all the knowledge, and are out there living their lives for Jesus. So the more people that we can get to listen to this, the more people who are going to be exposed to the truth and the Word of God and all of the amazing encouragement that He has for their lives. Reviews do matter. So let me share this. So Ave to the Dog says... I just binge listened to a bunch of episodes and I love this podcast. I love all the truth and every guest that I have listened to. Such a great podcast. Well, Ave to the Dog, you are so sweet. I am so grateful for your words. Subscribe to this podcast. Give it a follow on Spotify. And would you so generously leave a sweet review and rating just like Ave to the Dog did. Thank you so much. All right, let's move back to my interview with Christian Marvin. Can we do like seven of your favorite things? This is not including Jesus, family, friends, God, Holy oh, right. Spirit. No, I want it totally like superficial. Wor- superficial. Like, I want so superficial. Worldly, not, world, not necessarily worldly things because there's th- ways that God has moved through these things. But first things first, music. I love the ability that God has to speak through music. How much creativity goes into creating a great song. Amazing. Songwriting, awesome. I can be a critic because I take it so seriously. It's touched my life in such a way that's so important to me. I love music and I love the culture behind music too. That's another big thing is I love knowing the culture and why it moves the way it does. Two. Video games. I've played video games since I was a real little kid. Now I use it more as just like a relaxing thing. It used to be a way to escape my reality. It was so effective in keeping me joyous, like not joyous, happy at the time, playing Smash Bros. Melee or, you know, just silly stuff like that. Video games are also a great art form that it brings in even the nerds, like computer nerds that have to study all that stuff and engineer it. They love it. Music soundtracks, amazing. Storytelling. It just brings together so many elements of art. I mean, I already mentioned it before. Anime. Anime slash cartoons. I grew up watching them. I still love them. Right now, I'm re-watching My Hero Academia. And that show hurts, like, my soul. Because it's so good. But I'm so attached to these characters. I love anime. And I love that I get a, I get a little glimpse of what another world is like. So that's three. So Battle Rap, I love hip-hop. And I love writing music. I love writing, period. Battle Rap, to me, is like the pinnacle of high skill level rap like the famous uh, eminem so like eminem eight scene. mile yes pretty much but the actual culture that stems from that like the nowadays culture the arsenal versus Gucci Gotti, rum nitty versus new jersey twerk ultimate rap league like that stuff i love that culture the king of the dot url there's i battle there's queen of the ring there's so many more they might be talking about some pretty secular things, but the energy and performance, like, you know how much I love it. It's so much that I want to do it, like, at least once and do, like, my own spin on it. Oh, like, and you know how my feelings on that. Like, if you ever were to go into rap battle, like, I'm going to be throwing up in the corner for you. Yeah. It makes me so <laughs> nervous to think about that. Not that I think you're going to do a bad job, but it's so intense. Like, yeah. 
So there's some Christian battle rappers. There's Loso and Sensei Saga uh, and A-Ward. They're all Christian battlers, but they do really good and they keep up with these guys. Even though they're like talking about like, yeah, I'll murder your mom and, and I take your kid and kick her down the door and da, 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 whatever it may be. They're super obscene, like terrible things. And then you have like the Sensei Saga being like, I grew up reading the Bible and watching Dragon Ball. Two things that was clear to me. The spirit can sense you being real and Satan was never as strong as he appeared to be. (laughs) And like little stuff like that where like it combines the love of God and the journey of God. Like, and you don't get the reference because it's Dragon Ball, but the spirit who can sense who's being real. And and in the show, there's a guy named Mr. Satan who was like fake strong. He would act like he was strong, but he only did it for cameras. Like, they're just these little Easter eggs. Yeah, well, and that's the whole point of Battle Rap is you're saying these things and it's, like, snuck in like a bar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I need to play the clip because he he does it it so well. While you was trying to downplay anime, I read the Bible and watched Dragon Ball. And two things that was clear to me, the spirit can sense you being real and Satan was never stronger than he appeared to be. Watch what you're saying. (laughs) And, like, he could still be aggressive and talk about that stuff. Like, he can be aggressive. He said, so watch your mouth. <laughs> like, they, like, watch your mouth. I serve a God that will shut that thing down. <laughs> I think it's great. And especially, like, when I see guys like that who are glorifying God while doing it. Oh, my. Oh, shout out Street Hymns, too. Totally forgot. Loso, A-Ward, The Saga, Street Hymns, all great Christian battle rappers. There's others I'm forgetting, but those are my four main ones I listen to. Number five. Um, shoes sneaker oh, culture yeah you've taught me so much about this sneaker culture oh my goodness it's so like these are all like superficial but man right now i'm wearing my power shoes you know what i'm talking about air force one mid cut technically high cut but it's mid cut and i also just love a good outfit like i just like people who dress well and you know just people that carry themselves with confidence and a lot of it, and you know, the main piece of an outfit to me has always been the shoes. And then you build around that. Two more things. I'm a huge sports fan. Go Bears, go White Sox, Bulls, Blackhawks. Uh, all go, Chicago. Go, yeah, go Argos, go Jags. I'm yeah. a huge sports fan. I'm not good with statistics unless it's basketball or football. But can I hold a conversation about certain players? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm down. Mm-hmm. I love talking sports man, that's tough after that because there's a lot of things I like, but to those levels, I can definitely say I love reading. Whether it be my Bible or be like Unqualified by Stephen Furtick, Declare War, Levi Lesko, whatever it may be. And then when I read my Bible, I love reading multiple versions at the same time. Um, I used to read a ton of the Cain Chronicles, Harry Potter. I've always liked reading books. Because of how silly I can be and goofy and I can be loud, whatever the word you want to use, it can throw people off and not really give people a reason to dig deep. And I think that's something that is a stigma. I'm just thankful for the sheer fact that, shoot, you know, there's some people who do know about my story and do know about what I think about and how deeply I understand these things. Like nothing to me is an accident. Every time I've been given an opportunity for something, it's all a chance to be obedient. Do you care if I ask you the final question? Ask me the final question. We always close still with you by asking, where is God still with you? So I'd love to ask you that question. Where is God still with me? It's cheesy, but just, man, everywhere I'm going right now, 
Every time I talk about the idea of I want to plant churches, when I get to disciple someone, when I build fellowship with someone, God's with me in that. And like when I feel separated from God, like I'm so quick to be shown like where I need to repent. Like I really feel that in every aspect, because I'm making him the center of it, he's with it. Because he's the center of it, it can't help but be with him. If it's not in his way, he's quick to point it out and be like, yo, Christian, my son, I love your spunk. Dude, you're bugging. Like, type, <laughs> like, I really feel that because I'm I'm living like this, and it's just been so so satisfying because God is the only one that satisfies. It's not just a Sunday serving thing. It's not just a when we go to young adults group. It's a I'm in class right now, bored out of my mind, but God's with me because I need to learn whatever He's teaching me in this season for the next season. Yeah, and then for my purpose, my higher calling. Having the opportunity to do life with you, Chris and I with you, it's made me appreciate life in a whole new way. So unique. Don't do that. (laughs) It's so unique, but like, you know, we joke around with each other a lot. We're like almost like sibling style. Mm But at the same time, like, you'll call me to the level that you know that I should be. And, like, you've walked with me through, like, some hard seasons. Starting a ministry, like, that's so Mm -hmm. tough, like, figuring out, like, who you are in that. And, like, there's been times when I've been so unsure. But you do this with other people, not just me. But you've been like, no, like, we know who you are, Coley. Like, this is who you are. And I just want to thank you for that personally. And just for the record, just, like, say what I've been saying since I've met you is that, like, I can't wait to see the plans that God has for your life. I feel like we're just seeing like a scratch on the surface and I cannot wait to see the rest of it unfold because I know that it is big. Like where there is resistance, there's breakthrough. And like, come on, you amaze us every single time with your bravery and your boldness. Y'all are so, you're so kind. By the way, I uh, I didn't mention this in the story. My parents are back together. Come um, on, Jesus. And that was a big reason for healing too. I felt like that was important to say. They're back together and God moved in that and actually made me closer with my sisters and my dad through that. Like the time of separation, I was closer with my dad, um, my earthly father. But you're really kind for saying that. And you say it a lot. It's good to have such encouragement. I think that the fact that people look forward to the show, to look forward to the cast, it's a big show of who you are. It's a big show of like where your heart's at. It's not producing fruit for no reason, right? People are looking forward to it and encouraging you through it because the fruit that it bears. You know what I mean? It's good fruit that's being born. Bear, bear. <laughs> being birthed. Being birthed. <laughs> Birthing the fruit. <laughs> but y'all are, you're, you and Chris hold such a special place in my heart. Shout out to Chris, who's in the other room, holding it down. <laughs> holding it down. With Bentley. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Bentley, the cutest little dog you might ever darn seen. I'm just thankful for y'all, honestly. Even when we're all irritated at each other, we're mature enough to be like, <laughs> bro, what is up? Like, what is wrong here? You know what I mean? There's so many memories that have been made within the past six months I that I know are going to follow me for years. Right? I'm excited for more. Oh, we love you. You're the best. Um, There's only one FPC. Come on. That's you.
I am so emotional in sharing this episode with you, mainly because Chris and I love Christian so much, and he is such a big part of our lives, and we love watching him grow. He is doing amazing things for the kingdom. I am so thankful to have his joy, his insight, his wisdom in our lives. Number one, I'd love to take a moment to thank him for being a guest on the show, and second, I'd love to connect you guys with Christian. He is all over social media, especially on TikTok. Did you guys know that his baptism video has over 1 million views. 1 million people have stopped and watched God at work and restoring his life. I'm absolutely amazed, which is why you guys need to be connecting with him. His handle is at Christian K Marvin on Instagram and TikTok. And on Twitter, you can find him at the CK Marvin. So again, Christian K Marvin or the CK Marvin, please give him a follow and continue to be inspired by all of the work that he is doing. If you didn't catch that, then you you can check it out in the show notes, which can be found at my website, coleybrowning.com, or you can connect with me through social media. My handle is at Coley Browning, K-O-H-L-I-E, and Browning like the rifle. I would absolutely love to hear from you, and if there's anything that I can do to help you, would you please not hesitate to let me know? I feel like, especially after listening to Christian's story, I want you guys to know that you are not alone. If it is through this small little podcast that you are receiving light, just know that it is not me that it is all Jesus. And so if there's a way that I could connect you with a church in your local area, or if I can help you get into the word, I am here to do it. It is because of your generous support that we are able to keep this ministry going. Keep listening and be bold, be brave, be you. And remember that he is still with you. Uh